The people are tired. Our strength is dried up. Is how God's people in Numbers chapter 11 declare it to Moses amidst their weeping, you heard. They're sick of being in this wandering wilderness that has been the reality ever since passing through the parted sea and out of slavery from Egypt, right? They want, you heard, real food, real meat, not this flimsy manna from God. You heard how they, they tell Moses how they used to eat fish and a nice array of vegetables back when they were enslaved in Egypt. Tiredness has a funny effect on how we remember some of our yesterdays. Moses, for his part, is downright frustrated. Why, God, he cries out, why, God, have you treated me so badly that you have laid the burden of these people upon me? And he really digs in when he observes, after all, did I conceive these people? Did I give birth to them? And the implied answer is, no, you did, God. He says, you should be carrying them in your bosom as a nurse carries a child. Implied in that statement is the accusation, you are being a neglectful parent. These are yours. You did this. You carry them. You get the meat. And then just to make it clear how deeply Moses is feeling the burden at this moment, he tells God, they are too heavy for me. If this is how you're going to treat me, and did you catch what he says? Put me to death. Do not let me see my misery. The people are tired and complaining. They just want to go back to how they remember the good old days in Egypt. Moses is done and complaining. He just wants the weight of, all, of it all lifted, released, taken. And he's open to, to just about any measure. In one way or another, the basic fact of this predicament is this. Everybody wants out of the current situation. Who among us does not know something proximate to that very thing? Maybe it is the exhaustion of this pandemic or a certain ailment or illness carried by a loved one or carried even within our own bodies. Or trying to find a home. <laughs> Cannot we go back to how we remember normal? Or maybe it's the weight of responsibility we find ourselves carrying for someone or a family member or at the workplace or at the church or on a board. Cannot we just have the weight lifted, released, taken somehow? Perhaps, like Moses, we in these recent days have offered a rather raw and honest prayer to God to, to, from this place of, of, of a desire to, to get out of, get beyond, get through, get over, whatever it is. Has God responded? So the Lord said to Moses in response to Moses' prayer, Gather me. For me, 70 of the elders of Israel, 
Bring them to the tent of meeting and have them take their place with you. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke to Moses and, and took some of the spirit that was on Moses and put them on the 70 elders, 70 leaders. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied. I remember doing this thing called X-Team Fitness uh, when, uh, when we lived in Richmond, Virginia. My wife Michelle and I, we would get up for these 6 a.m. workouts with other people in the greater Richmond area, and we'd do these different workouts each morning. They were always kind of creative, different, uh, a bit off the wall some of the time. Well, one morning, our instructor has us doing some running and some push-ups and some sit-ups, and then... He points over to a telephone pole lying sideways along one of the streets. No wires connected to it anymore. Just this massive wood telephone pole. Okay, you all are going to go pick that up and carry it to the end of the street. 25 yards or so. Now, I have no idea how liability should or could play in at this point. Uh, what I know is at six-ish in the morning, none of the adults are all that with it. And so the 50 or so of us kind of line up on either side of this, this telephone pole. And you better believe it took every one of those 50 people to raise it up at just the right time and start to, to carry. And I could feel what my hands were doing mattered. Like I could feel weight even as I could tell that what I was doing was laughably insignificant without the 49 other hands, I would have been literally crushed. The people are tired. The burden weighs heavily on Moses. And God does not breathe this immediate refreshment of escape upon the people, nor does God lift the telephone pole off of Moses. God calls from among God's own people, particularly the elders, the leaders, calls 70 of them to share in the carrying of this moment, which is to say the burden is not taken away, but now the burden is shared. Or, or put another way, they're not given room to breathe by being swept back into the dream of how they remember Egypt or taken away from the responsibility amidst the, the, the hunger and the complaining and the aches, the room to breathe, the room to hope, that opens through God drawing those who are already there, pouring out God's spirit afresh on them that they might share in the ownership of the challenge. How does that reframe where we are today? And how God is calling us. In this moment, in Numbers chapter 11, we heard it's a one-time thing. We read these leaders, they're anointed as prophets whose words and actions can and do uniquely lead the people. But, but at the end of our passage, Moses makes clear that this glimpse, this one-time glimpse of shared leadership, of sharing the burden, of, of being in it together with these 70, this glimpse has created something of a longing within him. Did you hear it? Would that all of the Lord's people were prophets. Would that the Lord would, would, would put his spirit on all of them. Would that every, and possibly every burden, crisis, 
every season of grief, famine, border crisis, every relationship challenge. Would that all of God's people were anointed to carry. One of the distinct temptations of our time is simply to find a way out. Because the things that are before us in this world, our nation, our community, uh, the church, let alone our families and our lives, it, it honestly, it just, it just gets to be too much. And, and so it is so tempting just to, just to stay out as much as we can from any of, of, of the fray. Never get too close to anything we see out there. Never get too close to whatever is unsettled within Never get too close to the mission of the church or, or, or the people of the church because we know that if, if you lean in, eventually, if, if, if you care, if you try to examine some of the disquiet that is within, if you try to take your place along that telephone pole and, and be a friend, an advocate, a leader, a presence, it's, it's just, it's going to get heavy. It's going to get messy. C.S. Lewis once painted this rather creative, uh, convicting picture uh, of both heaven and hell he kind of came up with in, in his 1945 book, The Great Divorce. Uh, his narrator's riding uh, a bus through hell, and he observes this nice, large city, but where are all the people? And the guy next to him on the bus says, ah, as soon as anyone arrives, he settles in some street. Before 24 hours, he quarrels with his neighbor. Before the week is over, he's quarreled so badly, he decides to move. Very likely, he finds the next street empty because all the people there have quarreled with their neighbors and moved. So he settles in. If by any chance the street is full, he goes further. But if he, even if he stays, it makes no odds. He's sure to have another quarrel pretty soon. And then he'll move on again. Finally, He'll move right out to the edge of town and build a new house. You see, it's, it's easy here. You've only got to think of a house, and there it is. That's how the town keeps growing. The picture of hell is a picture of people constantly checking out. Moving further and further from the, the latest troubling neighbor, the latest challenge, the latest fray, which is to say it's a picture where people increasingly see themselves without any sense of connection or belonging to one another. Do we find ourselves moving in or out these recent days among God's children? The pastor and author Eugene Peterson, he once wrote about a difficult season in his life as a pastor, perhaps feeling something of the burden Moses knows here. The season where he talks about, uh, writes about uh, wanting to just be alone, disconnected, away from, from the fray, and he puts some of his learnings this way at one point. I didn't come to the conviction easily, but finally there was no getting around it. There can be no maturity in the spiritual life, no obedience in following Jesus, no wholeness apart from immersion and embrace of community. I am myself, I am not myself by myself. 
It goes on, community, not the highly vaunted individualism of our culture. Community is the setting in which Christ is at play. Here's the thing. That moment when the 70 elders were anointed by the Holy Spirit to carry the burden for that one time alongside of Moses, that was a glimpse, a foreshadowing, a a sign of what would eventually become God's most fundamental way for seeing God's work carried in this world. For God sent God's own son, Jesus, who, who would one day say, right, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And Jesus does faithfully carry the great weights of sin and death itself upon the cross. And then all of the trials, the tribulations, the pains, the aches that we carry in our lifetime, Jesus most centrally, most frequently, carries those in and through his body on earth this day. How does the Apostle Paul kind of famously state this truth about the church? Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. We are a body. By the power of the Holy Spirit, who is baptized, called us, we, we belong to one another. Think about that. It's not as simply that we need one another. We do. But even more, we, we belong to one another. And those of you who went on the ch- all-church retreat last week realize there's a, a, a sort of a follow-up theme going on from that. Do, do we know this to be true, that we belong to one another? To whom do we see ourselves called as, as we think about this fact that as children of God in all different spaces, we belong to one another? Who needs a note or a call? Who needs an advocate? Who needs our honesty, our vulnerability? How do we name our need, actually, for others to let us know we belong? And then thinking of the bigger picture, the the, the issues that weigh upon our hearts, homelessness, school, healthcare, immigration, what issues are absolutely overwhelming to, to, to address and just almost crush us before we get started, but we cannot help but recognize that placing our hands on that portion of, of the pole does carry some weight, even as, yeah, we need all the other 49 in on this. I think this truly could be the most fundamental, fundamentally important gift the church uncovers, re-uncovers uh, for itself and, and, and offers afresh a in this world. You belong for who you are and the gifts God has given. We belong for and with one another. Red and blue, rich and poor, citizen and foreigner, in Christ we are God's children. We belong to one another. Willie Jennings is a theologian at Yale Divinity that uh, Dr. Cindy Rigby brought up last week at the retreat. And in a recent book of his, he writes this poem 
about dying to the dream of, of individualism and uh, of, this, of this idea of doing life by ourselves, on our own, with our own kind of preferences and, and choices, and, and embracing another dream, the dream of, of, of living in community, of, of belonging in Christ. And, and listen to the, to the poem. Jesus blessed it and, and broke open God's dream, one part in each hand. To those on his left and to those on his right, he said the same thing as he handed his dream. Eat this dream, and it will kill the dream that kills. Hands trembling, they wondered which of their dreams would die and which would grow stronger. There's a kind of dream that wants to escape to the way we remembered Egypt or wants to escape the burden of responsibility or, or leadership or wherever we've been called for such a time as this. There is a kind of dream that steers clear of houses where we think the neighbors are just too much. It's a dream that takes the soul. Eat this dream, this dream of, of God's body carrying the Impossible and showing forth God's kingdom on earth. Eat this dream, it shall consume the other dream. Would that the Lord put the Lord's spirit on, on, on all of God's children. And indeed, God has done just that. We belong to one another. Thanks be to God. Amen.